You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. If you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Just take your finger and keep somewhere in 2 Chronicles because we're going to be coming back to this. Uh, a couple other verses of Scripture all around here. But 2 Chronicles chapter 7. When you found it, stand to your feet across this building. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. When you found it, you stand to your feet say, Glory! If you're still looking, saying, hold up. And if you're just going to use the cheat sheet, say, ouch. <laughs> Bring your Bible is always helpful. Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering, and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. When Solomon, oh, I I'll get to that next week. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. My goodness. When all the children of Israel saw the fire come down. Let me, let me just say that again. When all the children of Israel saw the fire come down, what happened? The glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for He is good and His mercy endures forever. Brother and sister, that is what we are wanting to be able to see here, Rose of Sharon. We want to see the glory of the Lord fill the temple. We want to see the fire of God fall. And we want everybody in the community and everybody in the county to recognize that God has fallen and that there's something going on here at the church. Amen? That's what we want to see. We want to see His glory. We want to see His power. We want to see God do something that will begin to be a catalyst for change in people's lives. You can be able to have all kinds of momentary moments of change in your life where you change something for a moment. But brother and sister, understand this. When you get a hold of God, it will change you completely and totally for the rest of your life. And so this, this is what we are wanting to experience. The Lord. Filling this place and seeing God do something. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, take these moments. Let them be productive in your presence. I feel your presence even now. And I pray in the name of Jesus that in every heart and every life, Lord, that have came ready to receive, I pray the word of God. Lord, it's deposited and that it is good seed and good soil and that you bring forth, dear God, your harvest, I pray. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, almighty God, Lord, now, Father, that we may be able to experience your presence, your glory, 
here in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Before you see to tell two or three people, say, let the glory fall. Last week, we uh, began a three-part series that deals exclusively about what God wants to do in this church, both individually and corporately. I said it last week, I'll say it again today. If you are not happy in how God is working in this body, then look in the mirror Get a hold of what God is wanting to do in your life. And immediately, you will begin to see God do something in the corporate body. Why? Because you are part of the body. Brother and sister, God is wanting to do something in this body. And He wants, through what He is doing here, He wants to impact this community and this county. For the glory of the Lord. We were reminded last week, that welcome home here at Rosa Sharon does have a double meaning. And that is we want people to be able to be welcome here when they walk in. We want them to feel, that, feel at home. We want them to feel uh, the joy of, us, of them being here. We want to be able to ex- extend heartfelt just thanks for them to be here and make them feel at home. But we also understand that that is what we want this place to be. H-O-M-E, home. We want it to be home for the glory of the Lord. We want it to be a place of hope. We want it to be a place of outreach. We want to be a place of maturing into what God has called us to be. And we want it to be a place where we experience the power and the glory of Almighty God. Amen? That is what we are wanting. That is what we are wanting to be able to see. We are wanting to see the same thing that Solomon wanted to be able to see. And that is this. A place where we can be able to experience the presence and the power of God that impacts our lives and impacts the lives around us. That is what we are wanting to be able to see. We want to see this place, this church, consistently Filled with the glory of the Lord. To the point that even it Solomon saw. Fire falling. People seeing it. Recognizing what God is doing. Filling the place to a point that it is only God is in control. And seeing God do some amazing things. In our text Solomon built a place where the Lord could dwell. And the Lord filled it with His glory. And brother and sister, if the Lord filled that brick and mortar building with His glory in the Old Testament, can He not do it again? Can He not do it again in this place? Can He not do it again in this county? Can He not do it again in this community? Can we not see the glory of the Lord like we've never experienced it before? I say yes. Word of God tells in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God has done, He will do again. Your best days are not behind you. God still has good days ahead of you. 
Brother and sister, God has not changed. He wants to move in power. He wants to move and to fill this place with the glory of the Lord. So that this generation might have an impact and might have an experience, may have a close encounter with the God kind, if you will. That, he, that this generation may see the very power of God that the old generation at one time saw back in the field and back in the brush arbor and back in the 40 years ago. We want to see our version of it today. And God wants to be able to do it if we will just come to a place that we set the stage for it to happen. Just as Solomon did before, so we must do now. Brother and sister, understand, there was a guy, his name is Dick Rubin. He, he drilled this in my head years and years ago, and that is if you get the pattern right, the glory will fall. This morning, I want to be able to share, if we get the pattern right, the glory can fall. And the first thing we talked about last week, and that is this in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. That the temple must be equipped. 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. The house was finished. The building was finished, but the glory had not fallen. But then Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated. The silver and the gold and all the furnishings. And he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. In other words, everything that the priest needed to be able to fulfill his call was put into place. The glory of God cannot be able to properly fall in a building, in a church, until we come to a place that we are ready to receive the glory of the Lord. See, he loves this community, and He loves us. And He recognizes something. If you're not ready for it, you can't receive it. It's too much for you. So really, sister, understand something. We as a body of believers have to become into a place that we allow, that we find our place where our giftings are, where we fit in the body of Christ, and therefore we make provision for when the glory falls, we are ready to be used in a powerful way. Okay? If you are not being used for the kingdom of God, you are not fulfilling the Great Commission. You are not being part of the body. Understand this. Every part in your body works together for a purpose in living and living effectively and working in sync. And when something is out of place and not working right... You may be able to function without it, but it becomes very difficult. Brother and sister, understand this. You are needed to fulfill what God has called this church to be. And if you are not involved, it is not you that is just missing the, the, missing the blessing and missing the fulfillment of your gifts, but you are also causing every person around this place and in this community and in this county and in the place you work and where you live to miss out on what God can do in their lives. Now, Pastor, you may say, Pastor Tim, that is awful blunt. I ain't got a lot of time. Sometimes every once in a while, somebody with a cold 
rag of, of reality just needs to go. Wake up. See where we are at. For too long, the day of just saying, I'm, I'm a, a Sunday Christian. I'm a Wednesday Christian. Let me tell you something. If you are a Sunday Christian and a Wednesday Christian, you are not a Christian. You may be a churchgoer, but you are not part of the body. Part of the body means this, brother and sister, that I am in it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I am involved. I am seeing God work in my life. I am progressing for where God wants me to be. And brother and sister, understand, I know you may get mad at me. I know you may get offended at me. But brother and sister, can I tell you something? Just being called a Christian is not enough. You need to fulfill the gift of God and the call of God in your life. Because without you fulfilling it, the church cannot be able to fulfill its greater call. How can a church fulfill its greater call if the people in the church do not fulfill their call? How can we fulfill the greater call to this thing whenever we don't even have people that want to even do nursery? Thank God for Sister Vicky back here in the back. Thank God for her. Because she comes and gives of her time every Sunday. She doesn't need to be, at, be back here all the time. She needs help. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Brothers and understand something. We're wanting to be able to promote hospitality. We're wanting to be able to promote coming to a position where we use and, and, and we come to a place that we welcome people on Sunday morning, 930. But let me tell you something. If you pull in here, oh, Jesus. If you pull in here at 10 o'clock and you barely get in here, and yet you're wondering where are the people at that we saw last week? Why aren't they back here? Well, if I'm not in a position where I can be able to reach out and greet them and be able to love on them for a few... Oh, Jesus, I know, I know I'm getting... I know I'm stepping on toes. I'm supposed to be talking about something else. But hear me, brother and sister. These are the things that sometimes we say, my God. We allow to be able to just kind of just slip us by. And we just kind of get in a place that we get blinded by. Well, you know, this one and that one. Brother and sister, realize something. Do you realize what can be able to happen whenever everybody does exactly what they are called to be able to do? You know what it does? It releases the people where God has something greater for for them to pursue after the greater that thereby opens them up in a different completely area of ministry that you said, man, I never would have thought that. Well, guess why? Because you have finally released the person that has been doing your job so that now they can pursue after God's greater in their life. Oh, my. Well, I have to amen myself this morning. Lord have mercy. Because understand something, that is, that is where we are in the body of Christ. There's a reason why we call the body of Christ the body of Christ. Because we are many, but we become one. Right. And understand something, realize this. This is the mystery, one of the mysteries of the gospel. And that is, whenever we find our place, not everybody else can be able to do what it is that you do. And there's many times that we are trying to be able to do what somebody else is doing that takes up all of my time doing what somebody else could be doing 
instead of doing the very thing that I need to be doing for the kingdom of God. Whenever you begin to function in your place, you can do it whenever you have a passion for it and you have an ability for it. Whether it's doing Sunday school or doing discipleship groups for all of our kids. Oh, man, we need help on Wednesday nights. We need help with it during Sundays. We need to be able, we need another van driver to be able to give Brother David a break and some of the other people. We need all kinds of stuff. People in the back to help us with fellowship things. There's all kinds of greeters. We need people. Brother said, understand something. Whenever you come to a place that you are constant, well, you know, they got it. The problem is this. Sometimes where they, that you're pointing to, God's dealing with them to do something else. But if they're constantly having to do the very thing that you won't step up to do, guess what happens? They spend all their time doing it. Ooh, Lord, have mercy, I could be able. So what happens is the kingdom of God doesn't get moved forward near as fast. Why? Because you're holding it up. Did I say that? Pastor Tim, the only thing I can do is be able to just, you know, I just, you know, I can, I like, I like doing stuff out in the yard. Well, guess what? If you haven't noticed, we, we, we need some help. <laughs> right? There's all kinds of things, but whenever we come to a position where we find our place, that means that you don't have to have this one Doing this instead of doing what God's called them to do. Let me just say this. Let me just sum all this as I, I've got to go on to something else. But listen to this. You are needed. And I say this with, uh, I know I kind of say it kind of flippantly. I know I kind of say it kind of in the funniest way that I can be able to do it. But I do it in a way because, brother and sister, there is such seriousness in this. Because whenever you come together, in your giftings, you become happy in your giftings. Why? Because you find fulfillment in my yes. giftings. And when I find fulfillment in that gifting, all of a sudden I become excited about what God is doing. Why? Because I see things that God is doing. And when I see things that God is doing, I become excited in it, which brings excitement back into the body of Christ, which thereby affects me and my walk with God. Why? Because I'm seeing what God's doing in your life, and with you, what you've started now is switched over to somebody else. And they begin to experience it, and it moves over to somebody else. And it moves over to somebody else. And all of a sudden, there becomes an environment and a community of what? people that are fulfilling their call of God and they are excited about it and happy about it. You are needed. You're needed to be faithful in your walk with God. You are needed to be able to grow in your walk with God. Because as you grow in your walk with God and you grow in your call of God in your life, you will experience personal revival. And when you experience personal revival, we will experience corporate revival. You are needed to catch the vision of the church. You're needed to support it in prayer. You are needed to be able to support it with your attendance to church. Ooh, Jesus. Because brother and sister, understand something. Whenever you are not here, we miss you. We miss your spirit. 
I'll tell you something, brother and sister. I've been in places where it's, it's hard to be able to worship the Lord. It's hard to be able to worship the Lord where you're looking for anybody. I'd call them spiritual thermometers. I'm looking for anybody to be able to, that I can be able to say, grab a hold of them and say, yeah, me and them, we're going to worship the Lord together. Yeah, me and them. And it may be two or three of them in a the whole church, but I find them and I'm like, yes! What happens is they raise the temperature in the rest of the room. They raise it. You are able to be able to affect the temperature in the room. You bring your excitement. You bring your, your enjoyment. You bring your, your take on what God is doing in your life. So you are needed, brother and sister. You're needed to support the work of God with your giving of your resources and of your time. You are needed this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. I want to talk about the second thing that we need to be able to have. The second thing. <coughs> You'll find it here in 2 Corinthians, or Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 11. If you found it, I told you to keep your finger around 2 Chronicles because you need it. If you found it, say glory. glory. If you're still looking, say hold up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, look at verse 11. We're going to read a few verses. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asphalt and, uh, or Asaph, rather, and Heman and Jedithun, yes, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in a white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass, when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, realize the unity that begins to form, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they had lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house and the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Let me just state note this morning that there must be praise in the temple. If you want the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord to fill the temple, there must be praise in the house. Notice this, that in these passages of Scripture we just read, that the priests were sanctified as they come out of the holy place. Realize this, the people that are coming into worship the Lord and to lead and to be able to come into place. And let me just say this, brother and sister. Just because you are not on the platform does not mean that you are not a leader. Yes, lead. But yes, lead. 
Realize this, that he comes to a position that he says that the priests, that they had been sanctified. Why? Because they had been in the holy place. They had been in the presence of the Lord. They had been there in the presence of the Lord. I don't have time to speak a lot about it, but let me just drop this nugget in your life. The priests came out of the presence of the Lord, sanctified, cleansed, ready for service. They came out of the presence of the Lord in order to lead people into the presence of the Lord. Y'all missed that completely. Let me say it again. The Levites came out of the presence of the Lord in order to lead people into the presence of the Lord. Realize this, brother and sister. Understand this. You want to be a praiser? You want to be somebody that is a leader in the church? Can I just share something with you? Let me just set this, for, let me just set this tone for you. And that is this. It is not many times what happens up here that sets the tone for worship. It's really what is happening out here that sets the tone for worship. Realize this. They've been in the presence of the Lord. We are moving into the present. Now we're trying to be able to lead you into the presence of the Lord. But now recognize this, brother and sister. We are now looking for those that can be able to come to a place to help lead others into the presence of the Lord. Some of them may think the idea of worship is drool coming out of the side of your mouth. Because you've been sleeping so hard and now you got drool coming out. They think the jerks is from you waking up in the middle of a song. They think the only way to worship is for you to sit down and flum through your phone. They think the only way to worship is for you to sit down and start doodling on the bulletin. That is almost straightforward. But let me just share some with you, brother and sister. If we're in a position where we want the glory to fall, yes, as leaders, we have to be in the presence of the Lord to be able to come to a place that we impact people in their worship. But realize this, brother and sister, it is not all about just the leaders that are here. We're needing leaders in the plat- off the platform, in the pews, that can be able to say, I'm going to worship the Lord, and let me show you how to be able to worship. And brother and sister, well, I, I, let, me, let me just take this. And, and we've lost some worshipers. There are some people that, that, we have, that we have counted on to be worship leaders that have been in the pulp, in the pews, that they have now gone on to glory. Or they've gone and moved somewhere else. But can I be able to share this with you? If you are wanting to be able to see God move in a powerful way that allows us to be able to see the glory of the Lord to fill the building... We need leaders that have been in the presence of the Lord that can be able to be able to help lead others into worship.
bless him. An awful lot of responsibility put on me that is not formally trained in any type of biblical arts to, to dissect the meeting and praise and how I'm supposed to do this and that. And I just feel like that's an awful lot of pressure. Well, my brother and sister, let me just share this with you. I could care less if you cannot give the breakdown of the hermeneutical kind of expression of the word praise and how it breaks down in the Greek and how it breaks down in the Hebrew and everything else. I could care less. The only thing I want to know is this. Have you been in the presence of the Lord and are you willing to come into the house of the Lord and begin to give Him praise and just see what happens? We made church way too complicated. Listen to this, brother and sister. They've come out of the very presence of the Lord. And now they are coming in now to lead them into the presence of the Lord. Now let's just look at this. In Hebrews chapter 9, I found this past scripture just blessing my socks off. How did the priests come into a position where they were sanctified to come into the presence of the Lord? It was through animal sacrifices. The blood of innocence... That covered their sins. That allowed them to be able to come. But I want to look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13. It's in the NLT. You can write this down. because you'll, you'll, If you get a chance look at this. Because it's a little, they use a different word. They translate a different word. In a different way. Or the same word in a different way. Listen to what it states in Hebrews chapter 13 and 14. In the New Living Translation. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Okay? Just think how much more, in verse 14, the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can what? I love this word, how he uses it here. I know the King James and the New King James and the NIV uses the word serve. But one of the also words that you can be able to, to that, that this Hebrew word breaks down into is also worship the living God. Brother and sister, realize this, my friends. You have come into a place that Jesus has forgiven your sins. He has come to a place that He has forgiven you. He has washed your sins away. Not so that we can just be able to be in a position where we can say, I'm saved. Glory. That we can be able to look down our nose in self-righteousness to everybody else, but so that we can do what? So that we can be able to come into the very presence of the Lord, so that we can be able to worship Him and serve Him. Brother and sister, here we come into these positions that after the utensils for ministry are brought in to minister in the temple, that now worship leaders begin to lead people. They're worshiping on instruments. They're worshiping in song. They are just crying out to the Lord. And God is doing some great things. And all of a sudden, in the middle of their worship, Whenever it gets to a place that this worship begins to unify. 
And people all in the area begin to unify in this worship. All of a sudden, the glory of the Lord begins to fall. There is power in unity. There's power whenever we get a group of people together that starts loving on Jesus. There's power there. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that a cloud began to feel the very place where they were at. And all of a sudden, they've come into a place, brother and sister, that whenever we begin to get lost in praise, what begins to happen? God begins to feel the building. Let me just share this with you. Praise ushers in the presence of the Lord. Just like cold air will always be there before the snow comes. Understand. Praise ushers in the presence of the Lord. Let me ask you this. What is praise? What is praise? Praise in this passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13. The word of God says that the priests began to lead the people in praise and thanking the Lord. Praise is translated from a Hebrew word. And I won't try to be able to butcher these Hebrew words in Jesus name. It's been a while since I've had those classes. But this is a primitive root word. With various meanings as to boast, to celebrate, to command, to give glory to, to praise, or even to be foolish. To boast, to celebrate, to command, to give glory to. To commend worth to, or not to command, but to commend. Lord have mercy. Command. That doesn't sound right. To commend. Let's understand this. Look at how they praise the Lord in this song in 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 13. This song that they are given is almost like they are boasting. It's almost like they are commending worth to. It's almost like they're in a place that they are. That they are speaking highly of someone. What is the praise that they are being led in? And that is this. For He is good. And His mercy endures forever. It's almost like it's a boast. It's almost like they are just boasting of what God is able to do. Boasting of what God has done. Boasting of what God will do. Listen, what is, what, what is Paul says that if he's going to boast in anything, he's going to boast in the Lord. Brother and sister, understand something, my friends. That is what really praise has become. Praise has come into a place that it states this. That praise is where we begin to commend worth to or begin to boast on who he is. See, brother and sister, understand something. Praise has everything to do, not with your current situation. I just can't praise the Lord. I got this ingrown toenail that just hurts.
hurt. Right there, I just can't praise the Lord right now because I work second shift. I hate that shift. It's terrible. I hate it. Right there, I just can't praise the Lord right now because this vehicle caused me all kinds of problems. My vehicle needs help so bad I put duct tape all the way around my tires to get me home and back. <laughs> but how many times? Let me tell you something. I've had an ingrown toenail. It hurts. Workplaces I don't necessarily like going to. I know what it is to be able to bless the Lord and just pray all the way there whenever you're, you hear your belts flapping on the ground as you're driving from church to church. I know what that is. I know what it is, brother and sister, whenever you come. But understand this. Though those circumstances may be difficult, right there, I had such pain in butt. Right then. My wife just makes me want to choke her. Can I tell you something? Your situation may be difficult. Your situation may be completely real. But praise has nothing, if I can be able to just be so bold to say it, praise has nothing to do with what your situation is. Let me tell you something. I'm tired. Tired. Can I tell you something? I'm so thankful that Jesus wasn't too tired to go to the cross. The Bible says that he had been so bled of the very blood that was giving him life that he was so weak that he couldn't even carry his own cross. He had to find somebody else to carry it. Why? Because he was, he was not in a good situation. Guess what? Not one time the word of God said that he opened his mouth. Why? Because, brother and sister, there was something about him. Can I just tell you this, brother and sister? So many times we rob ourselves of the very blessing that God is wanting to be able to give into our lives because we begin to equate the level of praise according to the situation that I'm in. My situation stinks. So guess what? I can't give God praise because my situation stinks. Pam, I hurt. My level of pain, I got, I got a high tolerance for pain. But my sinuses hurt so bad, it's a nine. So I can only afford on a scale of one to ten to give the Lord a one. Can I be able to tell you something? If you want this to be better, 
then it's time to raise your level of praise. Because I found, brother and sister, the level of your praise affects the way you feel about your circumstance. Oh. So, brother and sister, we get in a position where we're all about this whole thing where we'll come to a place where, well, I just can't worship the Lord anymore because I'm just I'm tired. Well, let me just share something with you. If you will get into a position where you'll begin to get in the presence of the Lord, your tiredness will disappear in His presence. I never will forget, I was preaching. Uh, uh, I, well, to be honest, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't supposed to preach. My uncle uh, Shorty called me from Rosemark. They were having a homecoming service. And their preacher bailed on them. He called me up and he says, I knew it, something was wrong because he goes, Brother Timothy. I go, Oh, Shorty, what's wrong? It's like, I need you to come preach for me. Problem was this I had the first time in my life I ever had poison oak. I did not know what it was. I'd never been allergic to it before. Me and David Knight had been over, we were back over in the back 40, pulling down these vines of, of, uh, of, of, of poison oak. Pulling them out, burning them, yanking them. They was up in them trees and just pulling it, just showering down on top of me. Now I'm like, You need gloves. No, I've never been allergic to this stuff before. Burning that stuff and just, I could have rolled around in it. It wouldn't have bothered me at all. Guess what? It bothered me. I didn't recognize what it was. And so I'm sitting here going, what in the world? And I've got it spread all over my, that I'm talking about everywhere. I was I was miserable. My wife kicked me out of bed for about four days. I was just like, I look like some kind of pink My Little Pony. Just And he called me and he says, Brother Tim, Brother Timothy, I need you to help me out. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't understand. I'd already put in my head, I was like, man, like, no, I can't. I felt just the unction of the Lord saying, go ahead. He just kind of put something in my heart right then. Just dropped in my heart. And I knew immediately when the Lord dropped in my heart a topic. I was like, what time is church? I said, I won't be there for Sunday school. I'll be there for church. And I probably won't be able to stay because I'm dealing with some issues. So, I go in before the Lord, and I start writing out what the Lord has given me. And thank God it was easy. I'm telling you, it's like the Lord was just staying on me, just, just speaking in my life, and I'm just writing and writing and writing. Everything came easy. Writing, preparing. I only have just an hour or two to be able to get ready. And so immediately, I get ready, I'm putting on my shirt, I'm like going, oh. 
I got man the the tie on. I got the shirt on. I'm like, I get in the truck. I'm driving. I'm like, oh God, Lord, why, why? He's got other preachers. He knows. I tell you, I walked in that place. I put that jacket on, and I was just, I just wanted, I felt like I was about to just, I wanted to rip just clothes. <laughs> I walked in there, and the presence of the Lord oh, yeah. fell in that place. Oh, yeah. And immediately, all that scratching, gone. All of a sudden, it was just me and the Lord, and I'm just worshiping, and He calls me up, and I'm just. And I preach, and back in those days, I was even a lot wilder than I am now. I'm running all over the place. I'm running up. I'm just preaching just as much as I can, as hard as I can. I'm sweating through my clothes. I'm just, I'm just going just, ah, like a wild man for Jesus. Man, people come for man. The presence of the Lord is there. Seeing people fill the altar, watching God do something, even on a homecoming service. And man, and as soon as the service ends, and I'm shaking hands, I'm like, oh, praise God, praise God. And all of a sudden, guess what happened? Start going. I'm sure it's like, you, you, are you sure you can't come? And by that time, I'm like going. I got to the church truck and I'm like going. <laughs> ah, turn the air on as high as high as it going, just driving, just like, oh God, let me get back home. And Pastor, you say, Pastor, why in the world did that happen? So, brother and sister, I wanted to share you something with you. Sometimes your circumstance can be so difficult. But if you will go on and just get in the presence of the Lord, it's amazing how the circumstance just melts in His presence. And it gives me peace. It gives me joy. It allows me to be able to gain my sanity as I walk back into that situation. And I have been changed. Understand something. Why is your praise important this morning? Your praise is important because, brother and sister, in your praise, if you begin to come to a place that you begin to execute it, it becomes a weapon in your life. In Acts chapter 16, write this down. You have time to look at it. I'm just going to paraphrase the story. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 16 through verse 34. You can read it this afternoon. But listen, listen what begins to happen. The story is of Paul and Silas. They're in Philippi. There is a lady that is possessed with the spirit of divination. And he comes and lays his hand on her or, or calls that spirit out of her. And because of him touching and ministering to a lady, they get beat by rods. They get whipped with whips. And then they're thrown into a jail cell. And yet here I am complaining about poison oak. And so here we come to a position where they have been beaten. They have been whipped. They're in jail. But the Bible says this. 
their praise could not be contained by their circumstance. And the moment that they began to praise the Lord, what then began to happen? All of a sudden, the very jail that they were in, now we don't know how long it took for this to happen, but the Bible says around midnight that as they began to sing and begin to worship the Lord in the very dark of night, in the dark of the situation, when they've gone really far into the situation, they begin to lift up the Lord and the Bible says that the Lord sent an earthquake and the earthquake began to shake the very situation they were in and they were delivered from it. Let me just tell you something, brother and sister. This is the thing about praise, honey. You may be in a dark situation, but why is it important for you to praise the Lord? Your situation can be shake upside down, inside out. Jail cells can be open. Your circumstance can be changed. Everything about you can be changed if you will just get into a place where you get in the presence of the Lord. Because understand something, brothers and sisters. Too many of the time we get to a place where we will do all of our grumbling. We will do all of our complaining. We will do all of this. We'll do all that. We'll go to a place. Well, this was different. And that was different. And that was that. And that was that. Well, you know, it's hard for me to worship the Lord. Jacob brought Jason one here. And just because he wasn't here, it didn't sound right. So I just can't worship the Lord. Oh, I can't worship the Lord because they got that electric guitar. And they got that drummer. And he's just all too loud. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Can I just share something with you, brother and sister? It, your worship is not dependent on who leads you, the type of, mercy, of music that it is. It depends on your state of mind. I've told this story again, I, I, or many times I'll tell it again. I remember the first chapel service at Central Bible College where they train missionaries and ministers walked in that first thing and he, I, he came in on this pipe organ God bless brother Cope but he almost made me leave he got on that pipe organ and it sounded like some kind of, of just ugh it's like Ringling Barnum Bailey Circus but it was a mighty fortress it is our God and I wanted to go check please I got to go this is what it's going to be like I got to go Y'all know me. I can't handle it. And I remember, he kept, this one guy kept his hymnal closer to him than his Bible. He had a leather hymnal that he kept in his back pocket like a little Bible. And he pulled it out and he would pop that thing open. He would put on these big old reading glasses because the smut print was so small. And he would go there and he would... A mighty fortress is our God. I tell you, there was one particular chapel that as he was leading worship, he looked up in the balcony and he goes, Hit the high G! Once again, I turned around and I said, This ain't going to happen. 
we got to go. My wife wonders why at that point in my life, why I would call her up and say, I got to go. I can't handle this. I, we, I can go preach. I, I can't handle this. She would say, God put you there. You stay there. Especially if you want to marry me because I ain't marrying you outside the will of God. But what I learned was this. My praise was not contingent on the pipe organ. It was not contingent on what they played, what they sang, what it was contingent on this. I had to get out of my critical spirit. I had to get out of my circumstance and allow God to speak to me and for me to worship Him in the very spirit of truth. This is, brother and sister, John chapter 4. Look at verse 23, verse 24. Understand this, that the power in praise, it frees us from situational prisons. It allows us to be free in His presence. Brother and sister, praise is not about your circumstance. It is about your relationship with God. It is about your heart. John chapter 4, verse 23 and verse 24. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Woo, Lord have mercy. The Lord is looking for those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. It is not about where I'm at physically. It is where my heart is. That's why Paul and Silas can be in a prison and still be able to worship the Lord. Why? Because they were reaching out to Him from their heart and they were doing it out of a place of truth. Mm. I tell you something, it's kind of hard to get in the presence of the Lord whenever you're hiding places of your heart. Lord, I just want you to feel me. Except for this spot over here and that spot there and that spot there. And, and just stay out of the do not open doors, Lord. Guarantee you, that's the first doors he's going to. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. There, is pre- there in the presence of the Lord, there is freedom. But understand this. You can't get to your freedom and to be able to experience Him in a place that is beyond just religious duty of Oh, hallelujah, glory, glory to the Lord. Woo! There's a difference in that where I am bound up in my religious duty to sing and clap to a point where I become free in His presence, free in His Spirit, free in His very, very presence of God that gives me a place where everything goes to naught. And I'm free. There's a huge difference this morning. When a heart that seeks after Him begins to worship the Lord in truth, the Lord comes and He comes in the fullness of who He is. Now catch this. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw near to me and He will draw near to you. Psalms 22 and verse 3. But you are holy, Lord, enthroned in what? Not the crowds. Not the type of music. Not the leader of the music. Not where I'm at. 
but in the very praises of Israel. So that means, brother and sister, I don't have to wait to get to church to be able to praise Him. I don't have to wait to get in front of that worship leader to praise Him. I don't have to wait to get to that song to praise Him. I don't have to wait to be able to get to that moment to praise Him. Why? Because, brother and sister, it is not about what it is or who it is. It's about Him! When we praise the Lord, we unleash the very manifest presence of the Lord into our circumstance, into our problem, into our mourning, into our work, into our home, into our lives, into the very relationships that we have. And wherever that we may be, the presence of the Lord is immediately manifested in that area. And when the Lord gets into our circumstance, we don't know what might happen. Brother and sister... Listen to this. Notice this in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. Put that passage of Scripture up very quickly. Because I'm, I'm about to finish. Listen to what he says. That the priests and the Levites came praising and what? Thanking the Lord. I started looking at that word thanking started looking for what the root word for the word that we get thanking out of this translation and the word thanking in this passage is translated from the hebrew word yadal literally meaning to use the hand physically in motion That's that word thankful means. To literally use the hand physically in motion. To throw away or to throw at. Like an arrow, a spear. Especially to revere in worship. By what? Extending of hands. To bemoan by a wringing of hands. When they're talking about thanking God, they're not saying, thank you, Lord. They are thanking God by activity. It is in a position where they are praising God by commending worth to boasting of who he is that you oh God you are good and your mercy endures forever and then he stands and he says this that even as they're commending worth to they're stretching out their hands and being active as they worship the Lord brother and sister understand something worshiping God is a personal thing that is done from an intimate place in your heart. Let me say that again. Worshiping God is a personal thing. That is done in an intimate place within your heart. When you begin to praise God. It is not something that anybody else can do for you. Okay, It's not something that anybody else can do for you. It's not something that you can be able to go. And you can be able to say. Oh, uh, I'm tired today. Brother Luke, could you get up and dance for me? 
I just feel like the Lord needs somebody to dance right now. So could you just get up and do that for me? Just give me that blessing. Doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It is a personal thing that comes from an intimate place, but it has got to be something that we are engaged in. You want freedom? Man, you want the presence of the Lord? Worship Him. Get involved in praising Him. Get involved being active in His presence. Being active. You realize that David was the one that instituted the act of you bringing worship and song and dance into the very temple worship. Realize this. Notice this. That God is a very, that God, that worshiping God is a very personal thing to David. In Psalms 42 and verse 1, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. Psalm 146, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Brothers and sisters, understand this. My heart has got to be something that's coming after the Lord. But realize this. There will also, in the midst of me coming after Him, there will also be some form of physical response to this. In this setting, the priests lifted up their hands as they gave praise. But understand this, even as worship and praise is a personal thing and it is unique to us, it's intimate to us, our praise will be unique to the Lord. But it will be ours. David talks about many things. He instructs us in the book of Psalms. I haven't got time to go through all of them, but let me just give an overview. He tells us to rejoice. He tells us to cry. He tells us to sing. He tells us to dance. He tells us to clap our hands. He tells us to lift our hands. He tells us to bow down. He tells us to be able to worship Him on cymbals, on instruments, on many different things. He says in many different ways and in many different forms, He tells us to worship the Lord. Even to a place, and in Psalms 150, He tells us this, Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Brother, just understand this. When your spirit is reaching out to God, you may have times, may be in difficult situations, but they can be freeing as you worship Him. Brother and sister, you must find this. If you want to see the presence of the Lord move in this house, we must be a church that worships and praises Him. So tonight, let me just, or this morning, let me just share this with you. No matter where you're at, no matter what's going on in your life, understand this. We need to become a church that praises Him. We need to become a church that praises Him. Why? Because... Yes, His presence inhabits His praises. But guess what? When you're all alone at your house and all hell's coming against you, you feel as anxious as anything, you feel as depressed as anything, guess what? 
Your praise can be the very weapon that brings you the presence of the Lord, which then unleashes the glory of the Lord in your life.